Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, happy Tuesday, everybody. It is February 27th, 2024. He's intern Joe. I'm Mike Yuva. Lot to get to on today's program. South Carolina looking to hire a new wide receiver coach after James Coley decided that he's going to go coach in Georgia. So we'll get into that. NFL Combine. It has started in Indianapolis. Five Gamecocks are out there this week. We'll get into that as well. Spencer Rattler opting to throw at the combine, something that quarterbacks we've grown accustomed to over the last couple of years. A lot of these guys deciding that, hey, I'm not going to throw. I'll do that at my own pro day. Rattler saying, no, 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 I'm going out there and I'm going to let it rip. So we'll get into that as well. And then anything else that you guys want to get into, because we are just what? Two, what? Three weeks away, three weeks away until spring football starts up for South Carolina as they are set to hit the field on March 19th. And then, of course, the spring game for South Carolina will be held on April 20th. So, having said that, Joe, let's go back and talk about the story that hit at the end of last week. Surprised a lot of people. I'd be lying to you if I said it uh, didn't surprise me. I mean, it surprised me, too. It surprised me, too. For the, this will be, this is the ninth time when they have the higher will be the 10th. Since January 3rd, there's been nine different changes to South Carolina's coaching staff. When I mean changes, I'm talking either guys leaving, guys being hired, guys moving from one position to another, guys leaving to become head coaches elsewhere, whatever the case may be, there's been a lot of movement this offseason with South Carolina's coaching staff. And with James Coley leaving now to become the wide receiver coach for Georgia, a couple things happen. One, it leaves another hole on South Carolina's staff that needs to be filled. In addition to that, the $450,000 penalty for leaving early, South Carolina has made sure that Coley pays that. So South Carolina will make uh, $450,000 for him leaving. But it also puts them in a situation now where you're going to be bringing in a new wide receiver coach. And again, going back to January, going back to the beginning of January, this will be the third different wide receiver coach that South Carolina has had. 
in a span of what? Not even, not even uh, seventy days, sixty days. So yeah. I say that because you see some of the reaction from players. You see some of the reaction from players. I think Amazio Bennett took to social media. That's one that just stands out to me. But I saw a couple of players took to social media, and they're kind of just caught off guard by all this. I mean, Justin yeah. steps your wide receiver coach. He slides over to tight ends coach. James Coley comes in. Coley's gone now. Steps gone. So that's kind of where we stand right now, Joe, with all yeah. this. No, Mike, I mean, it's definitely a tough situation for South Carolina, right? Um, we talked about a little bit before the walkthrough. Um, but I just wanted to make sure I had everything right. But, yeah, this – I mean, it, 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 it's an unfortunate situation because UGA is a bigger dog here. And they come knocking, you know, wanting for for one of your coaches that you upgraded, right, at, at the wide receiver position. You know, we we know how Coach Step had, had been coaching these last couple – I mean, I, I, I'm willing to say the last two years just hasn't been the best version of himself. I'm sure he can agree with that. And then you go out, you try to upgrade with James Coley, um, you know, a proven guy at the wide receiver position and just on coaching staffs in general. And – you know, he leaves you at the altar, basically. Um, goes to a more powerhouse in Georgia. One thing I talked about on my show, one of the bigger things here, is like Georgia has five stars ready to go. They do not have a talent problem at receiver. Now, South Carolina, if you look at South Carolina's wide receiver room, they have a bunch of transfers and then a couple new guys, a couple young new guys. You've got Nick Harbor is probably the most proven receiver in your room, right? Um, and he's young. He just played out his freshman season, and we didn't see a whole lot of him until later. Um, you know, it took him a while to adjust. He had some injuries entering, uh, you know, last season as well, you know, from the offseason. And then, you know, uh, but so, uh, you know, it's a really, really tough situation because, again, you get left. You Because if South Carolina were the more attractive job, Coach Coley would have stayed, right? So it's mm-hmm. it's a really hard situation where, you know, and, and that's the nature of it, right, too. We see – you know, Chip Kelly taking an offensive coordinator job at Ohio State, leaving a, a Big Ten job at UCLA to go be an offensive coordinator, right? This is just how it is nowadays, right? Um, and so, you know, obviously with, with as much turnover as you've had with Coach Beamer's staff, this hire needs to be a home run and it needs to happen quickly because, as you mentioned, Mike, I mean, spring ball is coming up. It's coming up fast, and you need you need to have your coaching staff, number one. It would be nice to have your receivers coach in the building, starting to form relationships with guys before you get off and going at full tilt for spring ball. So I do want to hit on one thing before we start getting into some names to keep an eye on for this position. Because I think naturally, with what we've seen from some people in this fan base, they feel like, hey, you know, South Carolina wouldn't be in this boat if they didn't bring Coley in altogether because you would have had Justin Stepp. Let me let me let me say it this way. The changes that took place this offseason, there were multiple reasons why. One, and Shane Beamer took to the podium and he shared why he wanted to do some of this. He wanted to have some new life in that wide receiver room. He felt like James Coley was going to be able to do that for them. Having said all that, for those of us who cover the team, and for you guys, me too, I mean, shoot, if you're you're a subscriber to Gamecock Central, you see it every day. 
and what's gone on over the last couple of years, there was a belief. There was a belief over the last two years, really, last two off seasons, that Step had one foot in and one foot out. So if you're Shane Beamer and you feel like you need a spark in that room, number one, but number two, you feel like one of your guys, he's kind of in and out, you know, part of him wants to be here. Part of him doesn't want to be here. And then he leaves. And obviously he wanted to coach wide receivers. I get that. But even coaching wide receivers, there was a belief that step wanted to leave that he wasn't happy with how some things were being handled internally. And that's not necessarily he had issues with Shane Beamer, but in terms of just the way some of the coaches gelled together. This is this took place over the last two years. So I say that to say, okay, even if Justin steps here for another year, probably was going to be gone at the end of the season. Because he had been looking for other opportunities going back to the last two years. So I bring that up because I think there's just so many people that just want to look at me. Man, they push step out. They push step out. Look at the situation that they're in. Step was already on his way out. He was already on his way out well before this situation took place. Whether people want to believe it or not. He was already well on his way out. This just sped the process up. By moving him over to the tight end position, this just sped the process up. Now, having said all of that, when you look at where South Carolina is at, and Joe, you mentioned it, obviously in a perfect world, you want to be able to bring a guy in as quickly as possible. As quickly as possible. Because with spring practices set to begin in three weeks, you want a wide receiver coach that's going to be able to get in here and not just be able to coach up those guys, but be able to coach them up so that they're ready to go and understand the system. Because when you look at a lot of the uncertainties with this team, specifically the offense, if Sellers is the guy or not, you're going to be able to, you're going to have to coach up a new quarterback. You're going to have to get that room, and it starts with that room more than anyone any position, you have to get that position up to speed. And if you have a lot of unque- a lot of question marks at multiple positions, but especially in the wide receiver room, starting with the fact that you don't have a wide receiver coach that truly understands what you guys are trying to accomplish, that's a big problem. That's a big problem. So I don't equate it apples to apples to what we saw a year ago as far as the offensive line goes with injuries where losing your left tackle in the spring game essentially negated a lot of the positive strides that you were able to make in the spring because now you head back into fall camp and in a lot of ways you were working at the bottom again because you don't have that left tackle there. This is a little different because you're going into – Spring football in this situation. And by then, of course, I think over the next week or so, South Carolina will have their guy. But in a lot of ways, this is going to be new. This is going to be new for not just a very, very young, young 
wide receiver room, but you're also going to be having a wide receiver coach who's going to get caught up and having to get caught up on what you guys are trying to do. So I think regardless of who you bring in there, you have to realize that I don't know how much we're going to really be able to learn about this wide receiver room this spring. I really don't simply because it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of growing pains with this room this spring, not just from a player standpoint, but from a coaching standpoint now too. Yeah, Mike. I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what direction they go. Right. Um, you need to make it fast. Um, the Sean Elliott hiring was fast and we know he inquired about the job. Right. But you don't you don't have another Sean Elliott out there for for all we know, right? Someone who was you know in line for a job at South Carolina at, at some point. Um, but yeah, no, the search is back on, and you know you tried to upgrade, um, and so you're going to try to do it again, obviously still. But you know time's running out, and you know spring ball, like you said, Mike, is two weeks away, and so this, I mean, it's it is a fresh start for the receiver room, but you got to find somebody who's going to be able to recruit as well. You know, I brought up Georgia having all these five stars and all this talent, right? Well, you need to make it an attractive job to have in the first place, right? Um, you know, because it, it's very easy to take a Georgia wide receiver coach and, you know, all of the assets, and it's very easy to coach those guys, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, South Carolina, you need a guy that's going to come in here and recruit, really really bring this room back to what it was um, under Spur, right? Mm-hmm. Galshon Jeffrey um, in the mix. Um, so you need, you need a guy that's going to, you know, really – redo the position if you will you have a lot of studs in there right a lot of raw talent in there now you just need to make them work together um and and compete against each other find the best ones bring the best out of them and then lay the foundation you need consistency um craig's comment wide receivers feel like orphans yeah i'm sure right all the all of the turnover and changeover and then like you said mike to your point coach having one foot in one foot out i'm sure that doesn't feel great right so you need a consistent force in there who's just going to, you know, stir the pot a little bit, but also get them to play together, compete against each other, right, and maximize the full potential out of out of everyone in this room. Yeah, and some of the names that we're going to start to see, I know Mike Fury, head coach at Limestone, is one name in particular that's been getting a lot of traction today. You can read a little bit more about it on Gamecock Central. But a guy that has been over at Limestone. I mean, he's coached there as a head coach four years. This is a second stint coaching over there. Um, I want to make sure I have that correct because, like I said, he, he was there at one point, left, came back. So with Fury... Head coach there since 2022. He was there from 16 to 17 as the head coach. But in between that period of 2018 to 2021, he was a wide receiver coach for the Chicago Bears. Before he was a head coach at Limestone in 2016. From 2013 to 2015, he was the wide receiver coach at Marshall. And then before that, he spent two years at Kentucky Christian as a head coach for the Knights which is part of the NAIA level. So, oh, and by the way, I should have thrown this in on there. By the way, for those of you that don't know, he had a, a long career in the NFL. Appeared in 94 games, had 41 career starts. Hopped around between St. Louis, Detroit, and Cleveland. 
with the Cleveland Browns in 2009. My favorite part, for anyone that remembers the old XFL days, he was part of the Las Vegas Outlaws. I think I have a hat in the attic somewhere. If anyone remembers, he hate me. Rod Smart, former Panthers running back, but he played for the Outlaws back in the day, the original XFL. So that's one name in particular that's been really picking up smoke, I'd say, since this morning. My colleague Wes Mitchell even posted something about it on the message board today. So that's a name that we'll continue to monitor. I've said this, and we'll wait for Joe to hop back on here with us because I want to ask Joe what his thoughts are. When you look at what South Carolina has on their coaching staff, everybody on that staff in some shape, way, or form, we've talked about this before, everyone on that staff outside of Shane Beamer, but from an assistant coaching standpoint, everyone has either coached in the NFL or played in the NFL. Everyone has some type of connection with the NFL. So when you hear Mike Furry's name and the fact that obviously he played in the NFL for a handful of years, it would make sense. It would make sense. You'd also be bringing in a guy who has had a lot of success, especially the last two years at the Division II level. But he's been a head coach. And I've said this before. I don't care what level you're coaching at. When you're coaching college football and you're the head football coach, you have to do things, you experience things that other coaches on that staff, they just don't get. They don't understand. So... Naturally, people are going to look at that, and they're going to be like, well, can he recruit? Well, he's been recruiting from the Division II ranks. Don't have a lot of resources from the Division II ranks. And there's been a lot of talented coaches, especially it feels like the last couple of years, who have come from the Division II ranks and have had a lot of success in recent years. You know, I think about the job that uh, Kurt Signetti did over at James Madison. And, and Signetti just got hired by Indiana. He's a guy that had success from the Division II ranks and climbed his way up. Bob Chesney, another one. He's actually replacing Signetti at James Madison. I think of the job that Brian Kelly did at, mm-hmm. at Grand Valley State nearly 20 years ago and how he worked his way up from the Division II ranks. And we're not even talking about a guy here that's going from like, you know, we talked about Signetti, we talked about Brian Kelly, we talked about Bob Chesney. These guys aren't, this situation is different in the sense that Furry's not going from being a head coach at the Division II ranks to being a head coach climbing up. No, he's being a, he'd be a wide receiver coach in the SEC. So I just say that to say there's been a lot of examples the last couple of years in particular, where guys have made the jump from D2. So that's why yeah. I wouldn't get so caught up about, well, it's D2. How can he do recruiting? It's Trust me, 
Division two, you have to recruit in ways that you don't have the resources. You don't. And I don't want to compare anybody to Pete Lembo. But Lembo came up from Division three for crying out loud and worked his way up. Group well, five. Like it's, it's two ends of the spectrum, right? So there's benefits in a Division two coach, right? Because obviously, again, like you're talking about, recruiting without any resources – it's hard to do for anybody, right? Um, and so what you're losing is a guy – you tried to go out and hire the guy that's done it with proven talent, brought, you know, big five-star talent and, and made him even better and stuff like that. And, and that guy, right? So now you're left with less options, right? Not to say that Furry isn't a good coach or anything like that. It's just the separate end of the spectrum. Somebody who's not as proven on the Division One level, right, can still recruit. We've seen that. He's had success on the Division Two level, but it's with less resources. So there's still plenty of an advantage there. It's just the opposite, right, of, of what Coach Coley was. Because Coach Coley was that big-time coach. You know, he has he has a lot of big-time talent that, that he's produced and stuff like that. But then going the opposite direction with Murray, there's still a lot of advantages, uh, you know, with a coach like that. Because, again, like Mike, like you're saying, and also he's got some NFL experience as well. Um, but, you know, when you have to recruit no resources, it's really, really, really darn hard. So, um, you know uh, – going from coach Coley to coach furry is, is, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a downgrade necessarily, but um, you know, it's just different, completely different ends of the spectrum in terms of recruiting and coaching. Mm -hmm. uh, no question about it. So that's one name in particular. I see Robert short asks, does furry have any, does furry have any um, connections to South Carolina? The only connections that he has to my knowledge is the fact that he's coached at Limestone for one, two, three, four years. And I say four because, again, he was head coach in 2016 and 17 at the school. So in his second stint as head coach. And they've done a real good job at Limestone. Obviously, we're not judging him by wins and losses because this is a positional job. But for those that are interested... They've gone eight and four the last two years. They've uh, been tied for first in the conference. And they've appeared in the NCAA tournament for Division Two the last two years. So the more I've learned about him, he, uh, he is certainly someone that has, has earned respect quickly in this state and has that NFL background. Now, a name that I mentioned the other day, Name that I mentioned the other day, because this is where we're at right now. There hasn't been, outside of, of Furry, there hasn't been like a lot of names coming out. Um, Fury, excuse me, as far as who South Carolina is looking at. Now, if you have been paying attention to a lot of these hirings this offseason by Shane Beamer, it's what it's looked like for most. There hasn't been a lot of names that are like seeping out saying, all right, you know, there's five candidates, six. Typically, it's been about two to three. If that at some positions, some positions, like we mentioned with tight end, Sean Elliott, that one seemed like it was pretty much. Okay, Elliot wants to come back. Call it a day. So I say that to say I don't expect there to be a bunch of names. Typically how these things go 
even in a situation where South Carolina just made a hire, when you're the head coach, you're always constantly keeping A, B, C, D. Usually A, B, C. And what I mean by that is you have the guy that is currently there at whatever position, all right? So let's just, for the sake of conversation, you have James Coley as your wide receiver coach. Behind that, you have names in case something were to happen, in case you have to make a move. So Beamer has a list of guys. He's being constantly prepared for situations like this to happen. Now, is it as simple as saying, all right, hey, Coley leaves. All right, let's go to our first option. No, because sometimes whatever the, the, the situation that coach may be in, he might not want to leave. But you have in your mind already guys that you're thinking about potentially pursuing if a position were to open up. One name that I mentioned over the weekend or towards the end of last week when everything happened is a guy who, when you talk to coaches, not just in the South Carolina area, I'm talking throughout college football, one name in particular, and it's a name that a lot of people in the Midlands will remember, is a guy who they feel like is going to take off very, very soon. He's been doing a phenomenal job since he's got into the college ranks. And that's Perry Parks, wide receiver coach over at Coastal Carolina. Perry is currently at his alma mater. He's heading into his second year. Before that, he was over at Charlotte, where he did a phenomenal job, phenomenal job at Charlotte, to a point where if you look at what Perry did at Charlotte, they had three of the uh, top four wide receivers in program history. They were included for the watch list for the wide receiver of the year award in 2022 and the things they did in Charlotte. And if you guys remember in 2022, that year, South Carolina actually played the 49ers. And there was a lot of talk leading up to that game, how talented those wide receivers were. Now, obviously, as we all know, from a talent standpoint, they were only going to be able to do so much against South Carolina. Uh, but they still they still managed to have 213 yards receiving, 20 receptions, three touchdowns that game. Obviously, South Carolina ran away with that game that day. But I bring that up on top of some of the things that Jared Brown mentioned about him and how he helped grow his game. Because the thing about Parks is he's not just a good coach. He's not just someone that knows this area very well from coaching at Ridgeview High School for a number of years and coaching high school football before he made the climb up to the college ranks. He's a former walk-on wide receiver who went on to be a captain at Coastal Carolina. So I, I say that because he's someone that understands what the process is like. He understands the grind. He understands having to put the work in. And again, going from walk-on to captain, that sums up 
who Perry Parks is. So whether South Carolina even gives him a call during all this, that's we'll wait and see if that's the case. But he is a name, whether it's South Carolina this time around, whether it's South Carolina in the future, whether it's a college program out there in general, a power five, it's only a matter of time before he gets a phone call because he's too damn talented, too damn talented. So that's why I threw that name out there the other day with Perry Parks. Looks like intern Joe is on silent. Yeah, I know. I keep my my mic. I think it would certainly be an upgrade. Um, Coming from Coastal, knows Power 5 football, right? Or big-time football, big-time college football at Coastal. Um, They've played a lot of big games over there. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, any – you just need a coach, right? You you need a coach at this position. Um, And as soon as possible because, again, spring football's right around the corner. So do it as quickly as possible get some kind of right fit in there. I know it's not going to be as good a fit as Coach Coley was, but, um, you know, you you do what you can. Well, the big thing about Coley is we heard so much, not just about what he was able to do, whether it be at places like Florida State, whether it be at places like Georgia, his first stint, as he goes back for a second stint with the Bulldogs, he's been able to really develop wide receivers. But on top of that, we heard a lot about what he was able to do from a recruiting standpoint and the opportunities that Beamer was hoping that he'd be able to create here, especially being able to go into places like Florida or even places like Texas because of his time out there coaching the Aggies. So, yeah, I mean, you lose that, it stinks. But at the same time, too, that doesn't mean – Every door is shut now with those two places. I think it challenges South Carolina to have to go out there and and be able to do things in a more organic way. But as we've seen before, those things can happen. You just need to be able to have the right coach that understands that. I mean, I feel like we've, we've definitely talked about this with Joe DiCamillis. People, I, I feel like the biggest question for him yeah i think some people still have it and i understand okay he has over three decades worth of experience of coaching in the nfl what can he do from a recruiting standpoint i understand that sterling lucas though before he arrived here he didn't have the experience of a recruiter and he has become arguably south carolina's best recruiter so you know Patient sometimes with when we're talking about being able to look at some of these coaches from a recruiting standpoint. I think people understand what Tony Elliott, I mean, excuse me, Sean Elliott's going to be able to bring here. Yeah. What Sean Elliott's going to be able to bring to the table. So, who they bring in as a, a wide receiver coach, obviously, it starts with development. But I think a lot of people want to see production from a recruiting standpoint. What I would say to that is just patience. Patience on that. Not to, that's not to say they're not going to find someone that won't be able to recruit their face off. I feel like you have to be able to do that in today's era. Because if you don't, you're not going to stick around long in this business, especially this area. So we will see. We will wait and see South Carolina, of course. This is day what? Day four? Day five now? I mean, 
I expect I expect this to be a fairly quick hire simply because, as Joe alluded to before, you're running out of time as far as spring football is concerned. You want to be able to get things going as quickly as possible. And and while other teams, I mean, obviously Sean Elliott's situation was unique in the sense that they were just beginning spring practices. But even if teams out there are beginning spring practices, whether they're a head coach, we're talking about with uh, Furry, right? Um, or talking about a positional coach somewhere else, and you're trying to bring them in to be the wide receiver coach. The thing about it is with South Carolina, you're gonna you're, you're gonna have to probably bring someone in that is getting ready for their spring practices. I mean, that's just it's part of the game. I mean, it sucks, but you know what? This is a Power Five school. And I'm sure there's going to be many coaches out there that would love the opportunity to coach here. So I don't think it's going to be pulling teeth necessarily to get someone here. It's about finding that fit. And as Beamer has mentioned many, many times before, he has a certain vision that he wants for this program. And being able to find that fit, it comes down to what he envisions. So a lot of talented coaches out there. There's no question about that. But we'll wait and see who the Gamecocks are able to bring in. Having said all that, Joe, the NFL Combine out in Indianapolis started up on yet. It started up yesterday. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, we will see the players take to the field for their first workout portion. And the way that that's broken down, tomorrow you'll have the defensive line and linebackers. Day after that, defensive backs and tight ends. On Saturday, Spencer Rattler, Xavier Leggett, and the running backs, QBs, wideouts, and running backs. They'll take the field. And then offensive line, place kickers, and specialists, they will work out on Sunday. So having said all that, obviously the big story from a Gamecock standpoint of the five, because there's five players that are invited to the combines this year. Spencer Rattler, Xavier Leggett, Trey Knox, Nick Gargiulo, and Marcellus Dial. Of the five, Rattler is certainly the one that has been grabbing the headlines. Xavier Leggett, to me, though, will be the first Gamecock drafted. Yeah. I think I think because of what he was able to prove this year, and when we're talking about the draft, we're talking about projections, Right. Where could you project a player to be? And when you look at the measurements from Leggett and the speed and everything just goes well together. But I still think what Rattler can do this week, I think he's going to impress a lot of scouts when it comes down to being able to get on the whiteboard. Right? If there's anyone that has any issues with him from a character standpoint if for whatever reason and i'm sure there's some teams still out there that have fears it's just natural right those will go out the window quickly but just being able to get him on the whiteboard i think what teams are going to be more impressed by than anything is that you have a guy that truly is nfl ready having an opportunity to work with dal loggins for a year the experience of being able to work with a former NFL offensive coordinator, I think that's going to show more than anything. So to me, 
Rattler, of course, he's going to throw. Some quarterbacks decide not to at the combine. They decide to wait and throw at their own pro day. To me, the biggest thing, though, yeah, that's nice, but to me, the biggest thing for Rattler this week is going to be sitting down with scouts and having a chance to talk X's and O's on the whiteboard. I think that's where he's going to be able to truly raise his draft stock, Joe. Yeah, no, I would agree. I think, obviously, like you mentioned, Mike, Xavier Leggett is kind of the highest target um, out of out of all the South Carolina players. Um, but then I also think Spencer Rattler also has a really good high ceiling. Um, you know, it's like you said, I, I agree with the point that, you know, he's going to be impressing. I think he'll impress on the field, but more so just kind of with his maturity and, and the ability to dissect play calls and, and, and knowing the offense, knowing an offense um, is Spencer's best ability. So, um, really interested to see what these guys can throw down at the NFL Combine. Um, you know, it's perfect time for these guys to you know really show out before their pro day. Um, and uh, you know, I expect nothing else from from South Carolina's guys. Nick Gargiulo is in the name, heading to Indy as well. So, um, you know, a chance for him to put on in front of the NFL scouts as well. So, um, a lot of guys have the, having the opportunity. Obviously, you want to see Rattle and Leggett do well, um, because they're probably the two highest picked Carolina Gamecocks, but. Um, yeah, we'll see, Mike. I, I think it'll be a good week for all the guys down there in Indy or there in Indy. Yeah, so today, what's taking place with defensive linemen and linebackers? Gonna get your medical exams, your general medical exams, pre-ordered studies, and team interviews. Now, when you have team interviews, when you're meeting with teams. That doesn't mean you don't have an opportunity to go meet with a scout or a team later on in the week. I remember when I went to the Combine, and this was the year I covered it, the year Jadavian Clowney was coming out. The opportunities that I had, I sat in with a lot of meetings with that NFL agent we've talked about him before, Sean Stilato, um, Tommy DeVito's guy. And I remember being in those meetings because I was learning what was, you know, how everything was from a business standpoint and all the behind the scenes stuff. And I mean, scouts are constantly speaking with agents throughout the week. I mean, we're talking about guys that are there all the way to, to guys that aren't down there who could be undrafted free agents. So scouts are constantly having meetings in their hotel rooms with these players. Um, they're going out. Sometimes they're meeting with them on their home turf, if you will, in their hotel room. So you're having a lot of meetings go on behind the scenes as well. It's not just necessarily, okay, this is the day that defensive linemen and is it linebackers, we said? Uh, defensive linemen and linebackers are meeting with teams today, and that's it. No, no, no. Interviews, meetings, those are going on throughout the rest of the week. So. For guys like Rattler and Xavier Leggett, they're getting there today, but some of those guys made their way in a little bit earlier, I'm sure, on Monday. And it is an absolute zoo over there. So I think it's going to be obviously a tremendous opportunity, as I alluded to before with the whiteboard, for a guy like Rattler. But I think the other thing too, deciding to throw the football and not just throw it 
at your own pro day, which a lot of these quarterbacks are opting to do, it's going to allow Rattler to really steal the headlines. Because really, what does he have to lose? He has nothing to lose. We've talked about no, this before in the past, Joe. Right? Quarterback, yeah. wide receivers, offensive line. When you look at those three positions in this year's draft, those are the three positions that are the deepest this year. So yep. if you're a quarterback, if you're someone like Spencer Rattler, and right now you're probably a late day two, which is third round, a late day two, early day three guy, why not go out there and let it rip? You have nothing mm-hmm. to lose, nothing to lose whatsoever. So excited to see what they can do. I also want to mention, though, Marcellus Dial, mm-hmm. because, I mean, I, I think Nick Gargiulo, we talk about how deep the offensive line class is, his versatility being essentially a utility guy in baseball, being able to play anywhere in the offensive line will only help him. But I think he's going to impress scouts with just his mobility and how quickly he's able to move around. I want to talk about a guy that will be very smart on the whiteboard. My goodness. Mm-hmm. But I think Marcellus Dial is is going to have an opportunity to really impress scouts. I think he'll be a late draft pick. Trey Knox, his body size, when you think of the way that position continues to evolve, the tight end position, and just how it's a hybrid position more than anything, his big thing is just being able to be healthy. When he's healthy, he's special. There's no question about it. So a bunch of guys that certainly will have an opportunity to impress scouts this week. If we've no, have noticed in the past, because they haven't announced it yet, when Pro Day will be for South Carolina, typically it's around that second week, midweek, uh, mid, the, around the midway point of March. I think last year was around like the 13th, but we've seen around the 15th before in the past two. That's when I would expect that to be. Uh, I would expect South Carolina to announce that next week once we get through the mayhem that is the NFL Combine. So when that is announced, we will get that out to you guys because obviously there will be more players that will be taking part in that. We've seen players who weren't invited to the NFL Combine the last couple of years and they have gone on to do some pretty damn good things, right? Whether it be guys that have got drafted. I mean, you look at Kevin Harris with the Patriots. You look at Nick Muse with the Vikings. I mean, you don't have to get invited to the NFL combine to be drafted, never mind the fact of having a successful NFL career. So plenty plenty of NFL talk over the next couple of weeks, that's for sure. Before we wrap things up, though, Joe, let's hit some ads. Liberty Tax. Yeah, Mike, tax ID is an uncertain feeling you get right before doing your taxes, but you don't have to go through it alone. The tax team at Liberty Tax in Irmo, Lexington, and Columbia will walk you through the process, clear up any confusion, and guarantee you'll get the biggest possible refund or your money back. It's tax time if you're in a hurry for your refund. Call on the tax team at Liberty Tax. They're fast, accurate, and guaranteed. On the other hand, if you think you might be owing Uncle Sam, talk to the Liberty Tax team to make sure you're not paying more than you should owe. Find every possible deduction for you. Locally owned and operated, staffed by tax professionals from your neighborhood. Open 99 on weekdays and 9 to 5 on Saturdays with multiple service options. Start through the Liberty Tax mobile app or through the desktop portal. Make an appointment or just walk in. Give a call to upload your tax documents. And when you come in, your return will be ready to review and sign. Give them a call on your screen right now. And for those listening, 803-462-5576. Once again, 803-462-5576 for all of your tax needs this tax season, Mike. 
Yes, and today's show is also brought to you by our good friend, Clint Hammond, over at Movement Mortgage. If you're in the process right now of purchasing a home, you understand that for the last really two years, it's been an absolute mess. Well, Clint and his team do an outstanding job of being able to locate the lowest rate on the market for you and answer any of your questions to make the purchasing home process for you a breeze, the same way they did for our very own Wes Mitchell, as well as former Gamecock quarterback and captain Perry Orth. Give Quinn a call at 803-771-6933. Martin says, I missed the show. It's all good, Martin. If you missed the show today or you want to go back and watch any of our show from earlier, you can head on over to the Gamecock Central YouTube page where you can watch this show in its entirety. Or if you're a podcast listener, head on over to the Gamecock Central Podcast Network and you can listen to that show as well. I know Maddox keeps asking, anything more on Mike? Well, we had it all in there for you, uh, Maddox. So head on over. You can be able to find that, and you'll be able to get caught up on everything that we've been able to say today from coaching hire or potential coaching hires at the wide receiver position, thoughts on everything that's took place over the last couple of days, as well as NFL draft talk in the NFL Combine as the Gamecock 5. The Gamecock Five, they're out there in Indy looking to raise their draft stock this week. Appreciate everyone that tuned in today. He's intern Joe. I'm Mike You Appreciate everyone. We will do it again on Thursday for GC Live Afternoon Drive. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday and enjoy the rest of your week. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.